0: Podcasting is a word created by a Guardian columnist, Ben Hammersley, nearly 20 years ago. After a slow start, it has become a massive phenomenon, reaching people all over the globe and created its own superstars. Our next guest is Adrian Daniels, founder of A to Z Podcasting, or A to Z if you're from the States and someone who has the potential to be one of those future stars and who not only makes and produces podcasts, but teaches others to do the same. If you want to know more about Adrian and the marriage of business, podcasting and training, then join us after the introduction. Hello and welcome. I'm Clayton M. Koch and I'm also the host for The Flow Show, the radio show that's disguised in the shape of a podcast, but with so much more. Every week we'll be interviewing someone inspiring from the business world and finding out how they started in business, what their trials and tribulations were and how they intend to grow their business in the future. We will also be finding out about what they do in their spare time, as well as asking them to pick a book, a film and a favorite single or album and to share their reasons for doing so. So why not join us at The Cashflow Show? It's not just a radio show, it's a whole new way of doing business. Welcome to the Cashflow Show, Adrian. Thank you. Thank you. love that introduction. You're most welcome. I like to let everybody know I let the Cashflow crew and all the audience know exactly what they're going to be listening to, what they're going to get, and what we're going to deliver today. I'm going to do things slightly differently today, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to approach this in a very abstract way to start off with. Interesting. And I'm going to ask you, when did you first hear the word Podcast. Wow. What an opener, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think it was around 2010. That's when I first started listening to podcasts. When I got my very first iPhone, I think at that time I think it was the iPhone 3GS. I purchased the iPhone 3GS and it had a podcast app. And um I was able well, at that time it was iTunes, but you're able to listen to podcasts. So I believe it was around that time. And when you saw that, how did that make you feel? I think for me it was I got excited because it was like, this is like, for me, it felt like free audiobooks, like all over the place. Because during that season, I was listening to audiobooks. And of course, I wasn't really on YouTube as I wasn't really consuming YouTube content at that time because it wasn't really the platform that it is today. And I had my own radio show at the time as well. So for me, with podcasts, it was like, oh, can I can listen to all of these pre recorded radio shows and I can soak in all of this information. Like for me, it was a fantastic invention. And I loved it. And I even kind of created my own back then for my radio show.
0: In terms of your relationship to podcasting, you mentioned that you were in radio before. How did that come about? And was that your initial career choice?
1: No. So, I mean, this was just at university. So at university, a long time ago, I signed up to to take music technology business management. Um, went to Keele University, middle of England. Of course, there was a student fair where you were able to sign up to different societies. There was a radio society where I was able to sign up to the Keele University students radio station. And, you know, they were basically giving people opportunity to have their own shows and to run their own radio stations, which is really, really cool. It's something I always kind of like, I always loved the idea of doing that. So me and my best friend, we signed up, to, you know, to have our own show at the time. And the show was called In The Mix. So it was like a... A weekly show on Saturday nights where we could play hip-hop and R&B music and then we'll have a little bit of chit chat and maybe guests in here and there so we had you know we will have sometimes we'll have rappers come all the way from Birmingham to perform sometimes we'll have like um blind dates you know we did really fun content sometimes we will do like live call-ins and sometimes I would actually play live podcasts that I had pre-created live on air. so that's kind of where the kind of like kind of
0: concept kind of came from. So that must have been a really exciting time because I would have loved to have done that. (laughs) If you'd known that that existed, you know, I would have been the person, I would have locked myself in that station and basically said, I'm not coming out until, (laughs) until the end of the year. So that gave you a taste for basically formulating your own content. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned as well, music technology. What were the aspects of that that appealed to you? I think for me, music technology, what
1: appealed to me about that was um, essentially I went into university wanting to become a music producer. So before I went to university, you know, I was heavily into, you know, urban music, R&B, hip hop and stuff. And, you know, I heavily followed like the American music producers and things like that. And, you know, I kept an eye on a few UK producers as well. And I, re- and I decided that this is the path that I wanted to take. I wanted to become a music producer. That was my initial career choice. I wanted to become a music producer. I wanted to become one of those super producers like I'd see on the TV and, you know, and read about. So I thought music technology would be my gateway to achieving just that. Um, but then as by doing that, of course, as I took the course and as I read more into music industry, you know, I realized it wasn't quite for me, but then radio become- became the next best thing for me. You understand? being able to kind of like utilize some of those skill sets and be able to utilize my creativity and, you know, just my ability, my people skills in, in engaging
0: people in, in their conversation on radio. So what was the setup then? So you and your friend, you're sitting there and you've got this idea that you're going to do this in the mix radio show. Yeah. And so... You've got really a captive audience there of people that could be listening. And effectively, mm-hmm. you're playing hip hop and R&B. So they're mm-hmm. your target audience and they're already mm-hmm. on campus. Mm-hmm. So did that give you a grounding in, say, booking rappers who might not turn up? Uh, not, not I'm not hating <laughs> on rappers. I love you. Uh, I love I love yeah. rap. But the fact is you tend to get people who tend not to necessarily be as consistent with their booking as they could be. Did you have to deal with things like that or did you ever have singers on? How did it work?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, kind of like, I mean, it wasn't a thing where we had to book artists. It was a thing where artists actually wanted to come to us. So, you know, me and my friends, we were running this show for quite some time and, you know, you know, it was based in Stoke. Right. And, you know, artists would want to come, come all the way from Birmingham and perform and things like that. Even DJs would come away from Birmingham and perform a live set, which is crazy. So I think the show did well and it attracted attention. And the great thing was that we didn't just we weren't just able to reach the campus; we we're able to reach the the whole world because it was an internet. It was an internet radio show as well. Wow! So anyone anyone could listen as long as they had the specific link to tune in, and they could send a message in as well, which is pretty cool. I think they could call in as well, which is really really cool. Um. So yeah, it was more about the artists actually
0: wanted to come to us and the producers and the DJs because we were doing such a great job. Brilliant. So now you and your friend, you've decided to start this station and things are going really well. So how long did that last into your course? So the radio show went for, I'll say two seasons,
1: I think. So my, my first two years of university, freshmen and sophomores, the Americans would say. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it lasted for two years and then um, I kind of walked away from it because basically I had an encounter with God at university and I wanted to kind of get more serious with my studies and my relationship with God. And it, became, it started to become a conflict of interest what I was doing. So I think what, what ended up happening was in my third year of university, um, I didn't have any involvement with radio. Um, I just did cameos on Christian radio um, in the third year of university that my friend was running. So
0: things changed quite rapidly. Uh, but yeah, it went for two, two years, went for two years. Yeah. And when you finished university, obviously you had a sea change in your life where Mm -hmm. you've become more committed to God and Christianity. So you're at the end of your course. Where does that leave you now? What are you thinking? What are your decisions that you're making?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was at a crossroads because, um, the degree I picked up wasn't really great because I went through a lot of personal things during university as well. So I wasn't able to get the best best possible, wasn't able to get a, a grade I was happy with where I could get myself a grad job straight away. Mm. By the time I had graduated, you know, I, I came out a completely different person that I came into university. So I came into university thinking I'm going to be this music producer and I'm going to be getting all this attention um, or even a radio DJ. But I actually finished university realizing that both of those careers weren't going to be something I was going to pursue because of changes that happened in my life. Mm. So I was at crossroads and I thought, okay, let me just apply for grad jobs. Let's see how it goes. Nothing happens. And then let me just apply for, you know, let me make music on the side and just apply for jobs and see what happens. And honestly, I was just at crossroads. But eventually, um, my best friend, you know, who I looked up to all, all throughout, he also was a music producer and he was trying to get into it full time. And then But after a while, he had to change himself for different reasons. So he actually pivoted from music to digital and technology industry. And that was like the next best thing. So so I kept moving on to the next best thing. So if music didn't work out, If radio didn't work out, what was, what was the next best thing? Technology, because both of those areas have a connection technology. So I realized, oh, let me get involved in technology. So, you know, that's why I ended up going to the telecommunications industry. And then I kind of moved around and then eventually moved into tech and get into the digital industry. And then I did a full circle because eventually I came back to podcasting because my best friend was like, Asian, many years later, my best friend was like, Asian, like you had a really good radio voice and you were doing well. Um, why didn't you consider like maybe doing Christian radio or doing some kind of radio? And I said, No, I don't really want to do it because it didn't it doesn't really pay that well, right? I wanted the I wanted the gig, the glitz, the glamour, the glory that the super producers get.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there. We have the, all car,
1: the Kanye's. You know? Yeah, I get that.
0: yeah but, but we have to remember that does sometimes um um send you a bit potty. <laughs>
1: That's it. That is it, yeah. That is it. So, yeah, of course. Um, so, so, yeah, um, eventually, uh, eventually, of course, 2019, I had the idea to, to start podcasting. And, uh, of course, I, I've always listened to podcasts since 2010. And um, before podcasts really exploded in 2020, 2019, I had a light bulb moment where I could launch a podcast targeting the Ghanaian diasporans and anyone that had an interest in Ghanaian business um, entrepreneurship and the creative sector. And, you know, here I am today.
0: So we're going to move on in terms of your podcast interests, because you've got a few. The one that I know about, and I've watched a couple of episodes of, is the Sound of Accra podcast. And that's your business-based one. Mm-hmm. And I find that interesting because <laughs> it's, it's, the there was a chap on there once, and he was talking about the Nigerian approach to business and the Ghanaian approach to business, and how I'm not going to go into the details. You'll have to listen to it for yourself. But I, I could be my family are Jamaican, but I could be part Nigerian. I could be part Ghanaian. So I'm not going to upset uh, anybody at this point. We have to, we have to investigate that. <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have to investigate that. So I'm not going to upset either side here. But showing the different approaches towards business and what i liked was was that the guy that was on there and the guest that you have of the guests that you have on there they're really keen to push forward the the positive aspects of doing business in ghana and also how that they feel that more could be done in order to push that forward mm-hmm. and to me that's that's really important because i think in terms of business and in terms of, of exporting business, Ghana has taken on a completely different approach, it's been very welcoming to Americans. Mm-hmm. um, uh, And pe- a lot of people have decided to go there and set up home and so on and so forth. A lot of people in terms of uh, Jamaicans even, um, a lot of Rastafarians at the end of the day see Ghana as a spiritual home and so on and so forth. So th- there is a lot of opportunities there. And I think your guests highlighting that would i be right in saying that yeah absolutely correct i mean there's lots
1: of opportunities in ghana um i think you did say you know even you know americans caribbeans are being attracted to ghana and i think bob marley's daughter lives there as well and um you've had that you've had lots of talk of rappers like nas wanting to move to ghana you've had talk of stevie wonder wanting to retire in ghana you know there's so many afro-american super celebrities that have come or want to live in Ghana. I mean, you had Naomi Campbell, you know, a few years ago who came to Ghana. Edvis Id- Elba, you had even Liam Payne from uh, One Direction come to Ghana. You've, the list goes on. I can name super celebrities. Uh, but yeah, now Ghana is kind of on the map since 2019. And uh, lots of people want to invest and relocate or have a piece of the country.
0: So how does your podcast then reflect that? Because How do you get the guests and have that connection with them in order to be able to sit down and talk about what's happening and the Sound of Accra podcast?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I look for guests. So again, um, you know, the the tagline really of the podcast is, you know, which, you know, speaking to top Ghanaian founders, entrepreneurs and creatives worldwide with the aim of leaving behind meaningful takeaways that you can apply in life, business and career. So That's kind of like the tagline. So I look for guests that fit that mold. The previous tagline was just speaking to any Ghanaian entrepreneur and creative, but because now the brand is growing and because there's a lot more eyeballs in it, I now look for the, the, the top, top people, the best possible people that I can get. Um, I don't just get anybody in the show now. Um, we can actually go through more of a, a criteria filtering process. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, I look at movers and shakers of, of, of the industry who are, who are either from Ghana Or who have a very strong interest in Ghana, you may not necessarily have to be from Ghana as long as you have a strong interest or uh, you know a connection to Ghana, so it's relevant for the podcast. I look for those who are movers and shakers, who are doing something unique, who are doing something worth talking about, you know. So I mean, I've had all kinds of people on the show, whether it's you know people like Samuel Brooksworth, um, who was a BBC Apprentice contestant, you know, some years ago. Um, he set up Africa's fastest growing tech outsourcing organization. Companies turning over a lot of money. It's now going through investment rounds, angel investment rounds. I mean no I think VC money now as well. So okay. they, they they're doing massive, massive things. I've spoken to um high net worth entrepreneurs in Ghana who have who have developed real estate and who invest around the world. Um I've spoken to people who have launched startups, social media companies based around Ghana. So uh, there's, you know, there's a chap called James Mercer, you know, he's, he's the founder of Tape. It's a, it's a, basically, it's a, um, it's a voice notes, social media app based around 90 second voice notes. So I've spoken to so many different people and these are all people who are showcasing Ghanaian excellence in their own right. Whether it's in a creative sense, whether it's in business, whether it's in tech, whether it's in startups, I've spoken to Eric. I think the gentleman you're trying to refer to earlier on was Eric. Uh. Eric <laughs>
0: I, did, from, I didn't want to expose you, Eric. sorry <laughs>
1: Eric, Eric Eric from Eric from Aya, blah, but it's not exposure. what he's what he was saying in that particular clip is right. so Eric, he's the founder of Aya gigs and basically they are a web free um they're basically a web web free um talent company. so they basically they, they provide excellent web-free African talents to organizations and companies, not just in the continent, but around the world. So if you need a product manager, a product engineer, a product developer, a designer, a business analyst, data analyst, those are the kind of guys that he provides. So with Eric, basically he was saying in regards to how Nigerians do business rather than Ghana is, what he was trying to say is Ghanaians and Nigerians are all well and good, but he, he likes Nigerians because they're more go-getters. They have more of a driven mindset. Um, they take things a bit more seriously and, you know, and hence why they're doing so well in so many different areas, like in, in film, in music, in TV, in, then Netflix, they've got Naughty Woods, you know, the Afrobeats, you know, they are running that, they are running that even in business, you know, the, I think the, the, the richest person from Africa is from Nigeria, you know, um, Aliko Dangoti. So they're run, they're really, really doing things. And compared to Ghanaians, Ghanaians are talented. But what he was trying to say is that Ghanaians are more reserved, we're more shy, we're more, we're more kind of like complacent. Oh, let's just settle. Let's just chill. It's all right. Let's just enjoy our life. Let's just chill. But but and he was saying that Nigerians are more ambitious than ghanaians which is mostly true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I look out for people who who have something valuable to share on, on my show.
0: I wanted to look at something that you said just briefly, and this is going to be the first of our podcasting tips. And what you stressed earlier was something about how your format or the format of your show changed insofar as you niched down. How important is it as a podcaster to really niche down and and focus almost incisively on a particular demographic or a particular subject? That's a good question, Clayton. Um, It's even more important than it
1: ever was before. Um, when I first started podcasting officially, not unofficially in 2010, um, there was just over, just under a million podcasts that existed in the world. Right. This was around 20, January, 2020. We're now in what? September, 2023 at the recording. Mm -hmm. And there's like more than 5 million, just over 5 million podcasts that exist in the planet. So you have to be even more unique than ever before to stand out amongst the market of so many more podcasts, right? Um, but I think from the beginning, I niched down because I already knew there was opportunity. There was a white space. There's a blue ocean that I tapped into, you know, because there's a red ocean of so many similar podcasts out there. And what you need to do is find the blue ocean, you know, the clear blue ocean where there's not much opportunity. And for me, how I invented the Sound of a Craft podcast was that I realized on YouTube, there's so much content are based around Ghana on whether it's all across all verticals, whether it's media, entertainment, business, et cetera. Right. But there was hardly, there's basically nothing in podcast space. And I thought, you know what? I could marry my interest in business entrepreneurship and the creative sector and Ghana and the diaspora I can marry that all together and using my music, 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 radio, and previous podcast experience to create this podcast. And I could really launch something into the marketplace where, um, I could have the basic, I could be the leader. And I am the market leader, there's nobody else. There are podcasts out there that probably may talk about business, entrepreneurship, re- relating to Guardians, but there's nobody else that's, that's dedicated to that. I'm the only dedicated podcast that's dedicated to this. And as a result, it's opened so many doors and opportunities for me. So it's very important to niche down because when you niche down, you will get, it's much easier for you to um, align yourself with certain brands if you want sponsorship, it's more, it's more easier for yourself to basically get certain opportunities because they know you're exactly you know suited to this. Um, and it makes it easier for you to get guests so you know exactly the guests you want to go for. It makes it easier for you to target an audience. You know the, exactly the ta- the audience that you want to target. The audience I want to target is maybe people aged between 21 to maybe 66 um, who have an interest in Ghanaian business, entrepreneurship, and creative, creative sector who maybe want to relocate or maybe they are already living in Ghana and they want inspiration to start a business or to do something outside of what they're doing. Or maybe they want just everyday, you know, advice or, or um, tips they can apply to their life, business and career, which is part of the tagline. So that's
0: how important it is to niche down, Clayton. But in terms of other podcasts, what I find fascinating is, is that that's not the only podcast that you do. What are the other ones that you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean you came on quit and switch,
1: didn't you? So um quit and switch is another light bulb moment I had, Clayton. Um I had this light bulb moment. Um I think it was last year. Last year I had this light bulb moment. And the reason why I got the light bulb moment, which I explain on the podcast itself, if you listen to one of the first episodes, is that I realized since 2020 we've we've entered into a world where there's a, there's so much transition, there's so much change in the area of business, careers, industries. There's so much change happening in different industries, different careers, different businesses, and there's so many people quitting and switching from one business career industry to another. So I thought, you know what? This would be very interesting because this would be a very unique approach to business and careers podcasts. And also on LinkedIn, I used to get so many messages and requests for phone calls from people around the world saying, Adrian, your LinkedIn profile is so interesting. Your career business and industry transition is so interesting. I want to talk to you and learn about how you got to where you got to and how you've gone through all these different careers, businesses, etc. And how maybe I can kind of, you know, go through something similar because I'm on a similar journey of quitting and switching from one business industry and career to another. Right. And it, And this became a recurring theme and I thought, you know what, how about I create a podcast where I can showcase Different journeys of people who have quit and switched from one business industry career to another so that others can learn the blueprint in terms of how they can follow suit as well you know so of course, I got you on the show Indeed. I know' you've you, you got experience in law, and now of course you're you know doing what you're doing now in depth depth collection and things like that
0: It's interesting because that idea of the quit in switch was always something that was a part of this podcast, but it was a transition mm. it was. It was mentioned, but it was not but what you've done is to take that not from me, but just you've seen that as a as a central and made a show out of it. Yeah, made a show and, of it, and, and that's that's what's because it, it really is to use a Christian analogy. And so, excuse me, Christians, because I'm I'm not a religious person, but it's the Paul on the road to Damascus. Um, uh, uh, Mm. situation because what happens is is that that particular point at which you say right I'm leaving I'm leaving McDonald's because I'm (laughs) going to go become a podcaster or I'm leaving this tech job because you know I work so long or I'm leaving this law firm because they're working me like a slave you know and I need to do something that's important because everybody that's been on this show has had that moment Mm -hmm. but it's it, it, it's it's a passage to a particular point but it's something that which you've done in your show you've actually focused on that which is actually very 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 interesting because to me it's one of those things it's the things that make you you know it's the things that make you and and, and lots of different things happen to different people that mm-hmm. make them change their opinion and most people's lives are are filled with lots of these different things, literally turning points, these light bulb moments, these mm-hmm. sliding doors at which you move from one to the other. So it's really interesting that you, that you take that on board. Yeah, yeah. What I want to ask you now is you've decided that you want to enter into the world of podcasting. A lot of people are seeing podcasting. Now, podcasting now is... It's big bucks. It's big money. Uh, whereas before it was a few people who were stuck in a room in, into talking into a blue Yeti microphone. Um, <laughs> and, and that's changed so much because everything and everyone talks about podcasters and, and podcasters are now superstars. You know, some people who were already superstars have become bigger. When you see people like, for example, the Obama's and the Oprah's and, you know, so, and, you know the Joe Rogan's, et cetera, et cetera, But these people were already famous before then. In your opinion, what's one or some of the misconceptions that people have of podcasting? And when you're out with people, do they mention them to you because they've got a preconceived idea? That's a good question.
1: That's a good question. I mean, you talked about like the Obamas and um, I think there's even like Harry and Meghan, people like that, that have had podcasts, but it hasn't actually worked out for them. Um, It's quite interesting you brought it up because recently Spotify now are in a transition where um, they've admitted they've spent a lot of money and they've lost a lot of money on podcasts. And, you know, they're making cuts and now they're changing their strategy. Um, So what happened was with the A-listers who they recruited as podcasters, those podcasts failed. Whereas the ones who are already podcasters who have an established audience like, like Joe Rogan, they're the ones that, that were successful because they're able to bring their audience over to Spotify. So the A-listers, they didn't work because it doesn't always necessarily translate to, just because you're famous and you're well-known, it doesn't always translate to podcasting success. And one thing I kind of talk to people, tell people in terms of podcasting is that, you know. Just because you're successful on YouTube doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful on podcasting. Auto- automatically, like it's a different culture. Podcasting has its own culture, has its own, has its own game, has its own ropes to jump through, holes to jump through, etc. So I think a lot of people come in to podcasting with assumptions, thinking, oh, it's just it's going to be great. It's going to do this, it's going to do that, to do that." But and I t- I let people know that look, if you're going to be in podcasting, you don't just do it. You don't just do it for the sake of it. Like you have to. It's a marathon and not a sprint. Like, like a lot of people don't get past seven to ten episodes. And there's people who I've spoken to who, you know, they, they've come in all guns blazing, saying, "Hey, I'm gonna have this podcast. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna put out all these episodes." I only, I only see one or two episodes from them. And that's it. Or you don't hear from them again. You know, so people come in with assumptions, thinking. That they got success in a different industry, they can just copy and paste success from a different industry and paste into podcasting. It doesn't always happen. You have to work hard. You have to adjust to the culture. You have to learn the, how the how podcasting works, and you have to put the work in. Um, and then, yeah, there's lots of misconceptions, and people, you know, that they just don't understand that you know it, it's it's not what they think it is always.
0: What I've seen over the years is people think that. If I just stick a mic in front of myself, I'll become interesting to people. Or if I stick an iPhone in front of myself and just record myself talking with my friend. And you ask them, what's your show about? Oh, we just sit down and talk. And unless somebody has a predetermined or preordained interest in you and your friend, sitting down having a chat. You're just two people in the pub or in Starbucks or in the park. Having a talk, and most other people's conversations are not interesting to other people. And the preconception that just because I put this on YouTube, we're going to have this massive following and we're going to have loads of people um, who are interested in us, that it's going to be an instant success. Do you feel that because people think that podcasting by its very nature is easy, that it's one of those things that because I've got GarageBand or GarageBand on a Mac, it's me a music producer. Now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks easy, but it's not because what a lot
1: of people don't see was what happens behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're watching a 40 minute episode of people talking, but you don't know all of the hours that have been put into that 40 minute episode behind the scenes yeah we do have lots of ai tools now that makes things so much easier and cuts out a lot of production hours we do have some people have teams like stephen bartler has like a team of 40 to 50 people now which is insane um but it makes sense because of the level of content he's doing and the reach he has um But yeah, some people don't have that and you have to, and they have to realize that if you don't have VAs to outsource things to, if you don't have a certain amount of AI tools you subscribe to, et cetera, then there will be a lot of time going into even just one episode. And when, once people start to realize that, and once the, once the, once the, the accolades from friends and family goes away from the first episode or two, which, 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 which what usually happens, I mean, I warn people when you're starting What will happen is your first maybe one to two or three episodes, you'll get accolades from friends and family. But after a while, they'll get used to you and be like, oh yeah, it's just another episode and you know, they'll just, they won't care as much. And then it's up to you to then build your own audience from scratch, who will then appreciate you, who will then show up for you every episode regardless. And then that's where the hard work really starts because are you going to continue when you have
0: five listeners? Are you continuing with 10 listeners? Of course, and that is the art of anything. Tell me about how and when you decided to set up A to Z podcasting.
1: Yeah. So um, A to Z podcasting, you know, I, I think I actually purchased the domain A to Z podcasting, I think last year, I think I purchased it or the year before. And it was something that was always, it was just always hanging on the shelf somewhere. Um, it's something that I wasn't ready to pursue at that time. And then what happened was, you know, I went through my own quit and switch journey, as we talked about earlier on uh, this year. And then, um, you know, I found myself in a position where I had to kind of go self-employed. I just had to be self-employed. I had to go and I realized, you know what, maybe this is a sign where I just need to go all in podcasting. So, of course, the side of Accra was running, you know, that gets sponsorships, brand deals here and there. Um, And then... I was all, that's when I also started quit and switch I thought let me start quit and switch and then let me also launch A to Z podcasting and of course really and truly what's helped me to get clients is that I've got the credibility of two podcasts that I've hosted and produced myself so people you know are more you know interested in what I'm doing so I launched A to Z podcasting because I've always had a passion for teaching I've had people always approach me, ask me for tips, and they're wanting to learn podcasting. Um, in 2020, late late 2020, I actually launched a seven-hour course called Podcast A to Z, the complete course of podcasting, and um, I put that course on some education platforms. And you know, and after 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 some time, it quickly accumulated around 600 students. And yeah, I was like, this is pretty good. Yeah, you know, this is pretty good. So maybe I could actually build a business around teaching people how to podcast you know and a few years ago i, I used to be i used to run um a, a a ux design school called ux academy and you know the business model of that school was that courses were run live in classes in person but then when i joined the company um, during the pandemic they were forced to pivot online so what will happen is that we would run live courses online over Zoom. And then we'll have up to 12 to 15 students take part on those live courses on a weekly basis. There'll also be mentorship and then there'll also be homework. And then every week the the students are building, are building towards a certain portfolio or a certain goal and the certificate that they'll get at the end of the course. So I thought I'd also be able to take that model as well and maybe teach, teach people in groups as well um, for ATZ podcasting. So that's one of the um you know the the kind of like services that we offer like a group group pop group um training and i do one-to-one coaching so i have a couple of one-to-one clients and another podcast community where people who are new or maybe not new or maybe advanced in podcasting anyone interested interested in podcasting can come in and learn anything everything about podcasting so i try and update the community where i can and i try and add value so Um, that community is growing, um, I think we're close to a hundred members and, you know, I'm looking to bring a lot more
0: content and some more offerings to that community as well. Do you think that teaching podcasting must be very gratifying, but is it hard work trying to impart the patience and tenacity it takes to maintain that presence within the podcasting sphere? Yes, it is. But I think if you're passionate enough about
1: it, it will take care of itself. So, because I'm really passionate about the industry and I'm obsessed with wanting to know as much as possible, you know, I'm I'm sign up to newsletters, I'm subscribed to YouTube channels, I listen to podcasts about podcasting. Um, we went to the I, mean, I saw you had the podcast show. Indeed, you know, yes. So when you when you're someone that wants to naturally keep up with everything to do with podcasting, it takes care of itself. And then, and then the whole idea is, I just pass some of this knowledge back to the the community. And then I use that as I use that as a way to kind of like add value to them, nurture the community. And then for those of maybe maybe the one to ten percent that want to take it a step further, they can do they can then in, in enroll and pay training with me, whether it's in group format to one to one or other 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 areas as well. Or
0: other ways. So for me, when you decided to start A to Z podcast and you did the, the, the sensible thing of getting the domain name, not like a lady that I saw recently in a forum who basically sat, had, had got this great idea about a podcast and she seemed very switched on, but yeah. she created all the assets and the logo and so on and so forth and didn't check the name. That's crazy. That's not the way to do it.
1: Yeah. business is always when it comes to business you don't think about the the aesthetics first you think about um the proof of concepts the business model and if it would actually work first you know that's what you have to look at first the logos the banners the 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 website all of the all of the fancy smancy stuff can come
0: later always and but do you think that sometimes people get drawn in by the aesthetics And that is, they, they, they see that they want the, the podcasting microphone that just, just in the shot, just there, that, that sure SM7B. And they, they want the, (laughs) 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 but, but that's your job. So you've got one. You've got one. And that I would expect that for, to me, investing 300 pounds or $300 is, it's much of a muchness nowadays in a microphone. If you're not a singer and you're not a performer. And you're just doing it because you make the occasional podcast. In the future, there will be a lot of SM7Bs and a lot of um, road podcasters on the market Mm -hmm. in a few years, though, because people will be able to pick up secondhand bargains for people for uh, I'd get into podcasting and then it's going to end up in a cupboard. And so in five, 10 years time in charity shops and car boot sales, yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs>
1: you never know. This might be, this might be ancient in a few years. You never know, man, because <laughs> everything's changing so quickly.
0: Very much so. And that's what I wanted to ask you also was that you mentioned previously about AI and all the other tools that are now, because I saw a tool the other day, because like yourself, I'm very into the technology aspect of it. And this one was the AI Jingle Maker. Mm, You you, you tell it what style you want, whether it's funky or whether it's hip hop or whatnot, and you tell it the words that you want to say. It makes the jingle for you. It's
1: insane, isn't it? It's crazy. And um, I think this is kind of like... The scary part of podcasting is that AI can be for us, but it can also be against us. I think at the podcast show, you had the Sky News panel, Um, Sky News was at the podcast show this year, which is interesting. And, uh, you know, they were talking about the threat that AI could be to podcasting to the point where an AI can generate a whole podcast episode, or maybe it can steal steal parts of your episode from you and create an episode out of it. So. I think AI should be used as a companion, but it's really scary to see how much of a threat it could be. Um, but yeah, I'm right now, you know, I see it as a companion and you just want to make the most out of it to help us, you know, um, make the best possible podcast and as quickly as we can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of um, having time to relax, due to technology, we're going to move on to the section that we call What Are You Like? which is, I should get that jingle to make it for me, that jingle maker, um uh, where we talk about your favourite book, uh, film, TV programmes, etc. And I wanted to go into yours. So we're going to start with your favourite book, which you've chosen as the Bible, obviously the yeah. b- biggest selling book of all mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um your faith is incredibly important to you mm-hmm. and obviously that transition occurred when you were at university. So how do you feel that as a podcaster, the the Bible is a companion to you in terms of what you do?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it really comes down to, you know, discipline, setting yourself up for success every day and sticking to your your values your beliefs your foundations and letting that be a compass for you on the every day-to-day basis so of course bible is my favorite book and because you know um my life is is underpinned by the bible you know it kind of dictates my directions and the words i speak etc 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 so of course how that kind of like translates into podcasting is maybe i would want to maybe that maybe it's i would want to have clean content you know i would want to have people resonate with on the show um i would want to have people who kind of share similar beliefs as me or similar values as me you know good morals um i would want to have you know excellence as well, because, you know, the Bible talks about excellence, everything you do, do it to do it for the glory of God. And you want to show off that you are part of God's excellent creation. So for me, it's also important to have a level of excellence in what you're doing as well. And, you know, the Bible teaches that as well. So there's so many different things that the Bible helps me with that can, you know, overflow into podcasting.
0: Okay. Question, not necessarily scripted, but off the top of my head, I'm not uh, a religious person, but obviously I know my way around the Bible. <laughs> what's your favorite verse or favorite section in the bible i know that this is a tough one but um yeah. uh, if you had to pick one off the top of your head I'll t- uh, I'll, while you're thinking about that i'll tell you mine paul's okay. letter to the corinthians about love
1: <laughs> okay
0: that, I, I know
1: roman is it first corinthians 13 i think it is yeah.
0: That That's, yeah. that's, that's my, I suppose when people listen to music, they say, that's my jam. And that's my, that's my Bible jam. That's yeah. the one that <laughs> I, I love the most. I just think that's yeah. fantastic. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. It is. It
1: is, yeah. It's quite interesting because Tucker Carson recently talked about um, how he started reading the Bible for the first time and he, he wished that he'd kind of discovered it earlier. Which is quite interesting, and he's he's always said he's a Christian, but he's never really read the Bible, which is quite ironic. And he recently read the Bible, and he said, oh, I wish this amazing stuff in this Bible. I wish I read it previously." Um, but yeah, going back to your question, um, I've got so many favorite Bible verses, but I think one that I'll give that that anyone can like that can apply to anyone is I think it's Proverbs eighteen verse twenty one, and it talks about life and death is in the power of the tongue. Um, that they that's that they that um love, they that love the fruit will, will get it kind of thing. So mm. basically, if you love life and you speak life, you're gonna you get life. But yeah. if you speak death, you know that you know death. You know death can you, you know you you'll get death kind mm-hmm. of thing. So so basically, it's about watching your words. Like if I'm gonna say if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna keep saying oh I'm sick I'm dead I'm this I'm that if you keep speaking that over your life, you may think nothing will happen, but spiritually that can sow a seed spiritually which could which could, uh, you know, which could, um, manifest into something in the future. or uh, maybe even saying something as, as, as little as even saying something as naive as, ah, oh, break a leg, Adrian kind of thing. You know, if you can maybe say those words, you know, you, you don't know what that can manifest into in the future. I mean, I've heard testimonies where people have talked in a certain way and it's actually manifested into a curse. So basically you want to speak life so that you can have blessing and you want to speak, you don't want to speak death because that could turn into a curse. You know, and, and this is kind of goes into the kind of like, and this is where you, you may even get the whole positive affirmation from. Yes. Because people that keep speaking positive things, you hear about celebrities or people that made it. They said that maybe they in a point in their life that they, they kept saying, they kept speaking things into existence. And it eventually happened. Because in the Bible, it always says in the book of Romans that speak those things that be not as though they were. So I'm not saying that if I'm going to speak a Ferrari video, I'm going to get a Ferrari. But that doesn't doesn't necessarily work like that. But you know, is about
0: speaking positive, positivity into the atmosphere. Well, you see, there is, I think the biggest exponent of that, that you could see. And when I, especially when I was growing up was Muhammad Ali, because everybody uses the word or the expression, the goat, the greatest of all time. He was the first person to say, mm. he was the first person, I am the greatest. True. You know, and he then manifested that self, but he also put the work in. He made himself the greatest. He went out there and spoke to people. Yeah. We or we you know recently Michael Aspel died. Not sorry, my God, Michael Parkinson. Sorry, Michael mm-hmm. Aspel, if you're not yeah. dead. Um <laughs> Michael Parkinson died. And that was an interesting thing because his best interview was the interviews that he did with Mahmoud Ali. You know, people talk, those are legendary interviews. And it was a, an interesting dynamic between, you know, the blackness of blackness and the whiteness of whiteness and it, how they could have that dialogue. And it was a very, very interesting thing. And if you ever get a chance to see those, they were the talk of the town in the day. They were the talk of the town. And, but everybody acquitted themselves well. And so there was a grudging, not even a grudging, there was an an admiration between the two of them. And I think that's the kind of sort of positivity. What we get with nowadays is lazy affirmations. People who say, I want a Chanel handbag. But the fact is you don't work in the Chanel shop and you don't work where you can get the money to buy a Chanel handbag. So your manifestation to a certain extent is laudable, but it is going to take a lot more before you do that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And it's a good point that you make. So we're going to move on to your favourite book. And you've chosen what some people might describe as slightly controversial, but Donald Trump's Never Give Up. Um, that was a powerful book. Um, I, it was an audiobook I listened
1: to and it basically just talks about all of the hurdles that he's encountered especially in real estate development like and basically just basically what you get from it is you can always find a way around solving problems like it's a big problem solving book you listen to it like you hear about all of the problems that he encounters whether it's maybe buying maybe it's the property he has in Scotland I think the Gulf, the trump the trump um hotel in Scotland or um some of the the buildings that he's done in New York and some of the buildings, and even buying the um, um the one the property he has in Florida, Miami, I think it is. The Malago. The, the, the Malago, yeah. How he kind of acquired that and the, and the challenges and encounters he had around that. Um, basically, the underlying theme is just never give up. Like, he just kept finding a, way, finding a way, finding a way, finding a way, and he overcame challenge after challenge after challenge, and it really, really inspired me. It's a book that I want to go back to, actually. I just listened to it the whole way through one day.
0: The question I would ask, because... I'm not really a sycophantic type of interviewer. So I tend to ask the questions that other people might think. Do you think he would have had, this Donald Trump, less of a struggle if he'd have been more of an agreeable person? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know because either. I, 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 don't think, um, I don't think
1: so. Because if you, the thing is, I think what makes Donald Trump, Donald Trump is the fact that maybe he doesn't agree easily. And sometimes you need to be like that. In order to get to where you need to get to, if you just agree to everything, yeah. Let's say, let's say, if you, let's say you just say yes to the first opportunity that comes your way, it may not be the best opportunity. But if he's shooting for excellence, he may have to be a little bit difficult to work with, in order to get to where he in order to get to where he wants to. Maybe which which is maybe some kind of excellence, you know. So I think yes, I I think he I, I don't think I mean if he was a lot easier to agree with, I don't think necessarily it would mean he would be successful, um, I think it can actually work to his advantage because, you know, it's just showing that
0: you want the best. It's interesting because I have a theory that's similar to that. When I first started in business, I used to say yes to everything. You know, if somebody had a networking event in the morning, I'd be going to that one. At lunchtime, I'd be going that. One in the afternoon, I'd be going there. And by the time I come came home in the night, I would be on my knees because I'd been to some because I said yes to everything. Mm. Now I've learned to say no to almost everything, and it's amazing. Wh- I think people might think, oh, every opportunity that you say yes to, but unfortunately the reality of life is most of the opportunities that are presented to you are completely inappropriate. Yeah. They don't fit with your brand. They don't fit with your style. It's somebody else's opportunity, not your opportunity. And I've I i find I've, I've learned that and I'm sure that, you know, you're alluding to the same thing. And I think you've felt because there must be loads of people, who now you're doing your um, Voice of Accra and your quit and Switch. People want to come on your show because people now think podcasting is a, is a cheap way of promoting themselves. And it is. It's, a free, it's free marketing. And the most part
1: is free marketing. I mean, some people now charge for guests. I mean, I'm going to start charging for guests um, on Quit and Switch based on how quickly that they want episodes to, to be released. Um, because, it, you know, because I have the, the, the wait list is very exhaustive um for queen switch i think
0: so many people yep and do you think that people then oh, misuse podcasts you mean guests or hosts guests do you think that sometimes podcasts podcasters invite guests on who are going to provide value but sometimes a guest comes on who doesn't want to provide value they just actually want to promote their particular um, um, service or product?
1: Absolutely. I mean, a good example is um, I've recently been hounded by someone who wants to come and quit and switch. And to, I think I told you I've, I've gone through some personal stuff. So quit and switch has been actually paused for like about a month or so. And there's this lady, I can't remember her name. No, please don't mention it. <laughs> I won't mention it. I won't mention it. I won't mention it. I've received maybe one or two emails from her, an email from her, a connection from her. She's commented on my LinkedIn post. I think she maybe found me a matchmaker.fm or something. Probably. I don't even know if she's on there. And she's pounded hounded me with all of these messages just to come on my show. And I'm thinking, I, sh- I should really charge you because you're really showing
0: that it's about you and not about me. You understand? This is what you will find. People tend not to want to pay. They want your service. They want your platform but they won't pay for the privilege. Everything is fine until you seek payment. That's it. And that showed, and that basically is a good filter.
1: And I think this is something the podcasters should do now. I mean, now podcasts are more popular. I think now, you know, a model that I'm going to start to apply in both my podcasts is if you want the podcast out almost immediately, you have to pay a premium. If you don't mind when it comes out, then you can have it for free, but then the service offering is going to be different.
0: That's it. It's interesting because you seem to have come upon upon a formula that works in that respect. And to be honest with you, podcasting now is a business. If you'd have Mm -hmm. said 20 years ago, I'm a podcaster, people would say, what's that? What's a podcast? Mm -hmm. Now, the fact is you are making via technology and via your own skills, radio programs and on demand radio programs for a simple way of put it or, and video programs because mm-hmm. you're you're you do a lot of video that are there for people's consumption, and yeah. they take time and they take money to make absolutely and I don't understand why people feel that you shouldn't have a value to something because you you had to use electricity, you had to use gas, you had to use lights, you had to use you know, uh, equipment, all of this, you didn't get it from, from, you know, just picked it up from the local Oxfam shop. You, you had to go and buy it. Mm -hmm. True, true. You know, it it costs time and money and resources to create podcasts.
1: So you have to get something back from it, you know, get your costs back, you know, get sponsors, get brand deals and get guests to pay where, where it makes sense. You know, you even have some guests who will want you to pay for their fare to come to the studio. It's crazy. I mean, I spoke to one of my so, friends. So,
0: sorry, could you say that again, please?
1: One of, one of, one of my friends who invited um, a guest on their show, um, she actually asked for the transport costs to be covered. And I'm thinking, who do you think you are?
0: <laughs> I, I suppose she was waiting for the Uber to come and pick her up from her destination <laughs> and drop her there. Mariah Carey, huh? Yeah, 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 but even Mariah, even she denies that that's the case, so Mariah, if you're listening at the end, no, no hate, but give me some of those Christmas royalties, and I'll be your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Nick Cannon, but, um, <laughs> but I'll be your best friend well, that's the whole conversation. Yeah. We're coming towards the end of the show, and you have so many things going on at the moment for you. You've got, obviously uh, your Accra podcast. You've got your um, quit and switch, you've got A to Z or A to Z podcasting. You've got a lot of things that take a lot of time and a lot of energy. What do you see the future for you in the next year? (laughs) That's a very good question. In terms of the future,
1: uh, I really feel that maybe one of the podcasts, I could see myself maybe being less involved in one of the podcasts and being more involved in maybe teaching and helping people launch their own podcasts. I think that's probably going in some way, shape or form, whether it's in, involved in teaching, being involved in communities, or maybe maybe even an agency, maybe helping people find guests, maybe in some way, shape or form. I think it would be maybe being less involved in maybe doing podcasts, maybe more involved in helping podcasts and helping people launch their own and make, managing or creating their own I think that's probably where the future is going to be or being involved more in the podcast industry rather than being, a being a
0: podcaster myself. That's probably where I probably see the future going. The big question for a lot of podcasters is, will video overtake audio?
1: It's already happening, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It's already happening, but audio is
1: always the key element in podcasting. I always teach audio first because podcasting started with audio and if the audio isn't good. If the audio isn't good, you can't listen to an audio podcast. Even a video podcast, if the audio isn't good, you can't even watch a video podcast or even listen to it. But if the audio is good, even if the video is rubbish, you can still listen to an audio, you can still watch a video podcast because the audio is good. So audio is always going to be there. It's always going to be the most important aspect. But video, I think, is creating a lot of opportunities for people to reach more people with their podcast and to promote their podcasts. Because now on social media, if I pull out a video clip rather than an audio clip, it's gonna get a, it's gonna get 10 times more engagement and a lot more traction. And it's gonna get a lot more people interested in watching or listening to the full thing. And yeah, by all means video is gonna be the future. You you can you see where you you see what YouTube is doing with their podcast feature, you see what Spotify is doing, you you see what um all the other platforms are doing, getting more involved in video, and you see what all of the you see there's more remote podcasting platforms popping up that include video recording. Um, so video is certainly the future because people want to watch podcasts. They don't just want to listen. And, you know, I, I learned that even back in 2020, end of 2020, when, when I shared a podcast episode from season two, I started doing video in season two in 2020. And I had a friend of mine that said, when I released episodes, I released the audio in the morning, I released a video in the evening. My friend said, I don't want to listen to the podcast. I want to wait for the video to come out and watch it. And I, uh, and it hit me as like, people actually want to sit down and watch a podcast.
0: This is crazy, you know, but it's reality. But that's what I find fascinating because what would, what's the age demographic of the person that gave you that piece of information? Um, probably like 18 to 35. Yeah. And I think that's where the sea changes. I think the idea of sitting in a car or sitting on a train and watching a video is somebody 40, maybe 50 plus, isn't really going to do. They may do in the future. You'd be cause... surprised. Is it? Yeah. My mum my mom watches my podcast on video. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting. The... Interesting.
1: It's changing. It's changing. Yeah. It's
0: changing. Trust me. It's changing. Yeah. Interesting. And as I said, I think at the end of the day, it's definitely going, go, it's gone in that direction. That's what people, I just think that ultimately the bottom line is it's the convenience of where you can, Actually, hear it. I think mm-hmm. when we have automatic cars, that's when people be watching videos in um uh, <laughs> in their cars when they when um, Elon Musk gets around to to getting the driverless cars to work.
1: Oh uh, the driverless cars. I don't know when that's gonna be perfect because I saw a video yesterday, a clip yesterday on social media where there was an automatic Tesla driving in self-driving modes. And it didn't realise that there was a horse and carriage in front of it in order to manoeuvre around it. Yeah. So it, it literally just stood behind it. It's not there
0: yet. We're not there yet, but I'm sure we'll get there eventually. Indeed. To round up, especially with your A to Z podcasting hat on, what would your advice be to somebody who's woken up and has decided I'm going to start a podcast before they came to see you? What what would they what would the groundwork they would need to prepare before you could say I'm ready to work with you? Um, of
1: course they have to
0: talk about their budget. <laughs> <laughs>
1: cash flow, the cash flow. There's the cash flow show, isn't
0: it? We talk about the money. <laughs> True, you've always got to talk
1: about the money. You, you know, I usually have discovery calls with people before they work with me, and that's usually kind of like my value add. So for me, it's just it's, it's about understanding the kind of person that they are and what they're ambitious, what the, what their end goal is, what their ambitions are, what their, what ideas and plans that they have, you know, how much they're looking to invest, not even necessarily in in working with me, but also in themselves and in podcasting. So there's a wide range of questions you want to explore to understand, to really probe and understand, is this person cut out for
0: it? Or are they not ready just yet? Is podcasting still a good idea in 2023?
1: more of an idea than it ever was before.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, that will be a hope to a lot of people because a lot of people going to take their first journey into podcasting this year and next year and the years to come. And yeah. the same way that we keep on getting new YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's always somebody on the YouTube channel says, when's the best time to start a YouTube channel? And the person who's hosting always says 10 years ago, but the second best time is now. it's true I mean it's true I think if you're going to launch a
1: podcast um, I'm so glad I launched mine before the hype and it went mainstream because I've already built up an audience I've already built up a brand and I think it's a lot easier for me and a bit more established but I think now you can still launch it's like a YouTube channel right you can still launch a YouTube channel today you can still launch a podcast today but you're going to have to work a bit harder to, to make it successful because there's now more competition and there's more a lot more content that you have to compete with you know, if I'm a bit more established, it's a lot more easier for me. But if you're not established, you have to work harder to establish yourself.
0: In terms of that and closing off, a lot of people became disillusioned with YouTube because of monetization. How do you think that monetization is going to work in terms of podcasting in the future? So podcasting in the future, I think there's going to be way,
1: going to be way more opportunities to monetize it. I think in the future we can probably start to see a lot more native monetization options from the podcast host itself, even from the distribution platforms itself, I think we will see some more native opportunities for monetization because, because the market value of podcasts and probably would have gone up, I think in terms of monetization, I think maybe AI will be probably more involved in terms of getting people monetized, I think There'll be a lot more opportunities for monetization in, in the sense that where I think there'll be more podcast networks where people can be a part of and they can get paid from them. I think that opportunities are infinite, essentially, in terms of the opportunities that we can probably see in the future. But I'm sure it'll involve a lot more technology and I'm sure it'll be a lot more easier
0: to get paid as a podcast in the future, especially if you have a good show. Speaking of opportunities, where can our Cashflow Crew listeners get hold of you? Yeah,
1: so the best place is heading over to not not.com. So head over to ww.adriendaniels.co. All of my links are there. You can get the links to all of my podcasts. You can you know you can book a call with me. You can learn more about me and everything that I'm doing. Find me on LinkedIn, just search for Adrian Daniels, Instagram at Adrian Daniels. You can follow A2Z Podcasting on Instagram at A2Z Podcasting on Instagram. And you can head over to A2zpodcasting.com as well for all the links for A2Z Podcasting.
0: Excellent. That's about it. Well, all those addresses and all those links will be in the show notes, so there'll be no problem if people want to pick it up from there. So, what can I say, Adrian? It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. It's been fantastic. Likewise, Clayton. It's always it's always great to pick up some gems from you when I when I speak to you. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm here to learn from you, as I said, because as I said, you say some great things that a lot of people can learn from, and the fact is, that's what we're here to do to share these pieces of information so that people can take that stuff away and then feel better and have the businesses that they want. Absolutely. You Excellent. said the best. Thank you. So Adrian Daniels, founder of A to Z Podcasting, Sound of Accra, Quit and Switch, thank you for joining us on the cash flow show. Thank you so much. We've come to the end of the Cashflow Show for today, but I would like to say thank you to our guests for taking the time to share their knowledge, wisdom and insight. If you loved what you've heard on this week's episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts and leave a five-star review and feedback as it really does help. Whilst you're there, listen to some of our other episodes, which you are bound to enjoy. We want to make this the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs wherever they are in the world and spreading the word really is the best way to grow our show and our community to achieve greater things. Be sure to join us next time for real people, real business, real talk.